Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 63. We're covering the 2019 Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System, and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you this Tuesday morning? Yeah, good. And new website's launched? Yeah. Yeah, all looking good. Some good positive feedback so far. So uh, if anyone's got any views or opinions or improvements or just general comments, then let us know. Um, all good, because uh, we'll be spending the next few weeks uh, getting it fully up to speed. But the uh, yeah, yeah. the basics are there, so all good. We're very pleased with that. Mm. That website address is golfbettingsystem.co.uk. As Paul said, we are going to... It's a. It's pretty much the base level as it stands, um, and we're going to be adding lots of content, lots of new, uh, uh, different functionality on there as well. So uh, it's all going to develop as we move towards Augusta. Um, you can follow us on social media. We're available at Bamford Golf. That's me. Paul is at Golf Betting. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. That link is available in the description box. Uh, we've had a huge influx of new group members this week. Yeah. yeah based upon fun. one particular bet that one of our members posted. How much did he win, Paul? Yeah, it's a guy called uh, Paul Angel. I hope that's how you pronounce his surname. Yeah, it's, uh, he got both winners up last week. So, um, you know, to, to pick out Kurt Kitsuyama and um, Mitchell, <laughs> remind me of his name, Steve. <laughs> Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell, yeah, um, yeah, because he's been called Kevin, hasn't he? On the, on commentary, I'm getting confused between the two. Um, yeah, yeah, managed to pick uh, pick both winners out last week, and it was slightly in running, but even so, um, he won just shy of three hundred thousand pounds, which is an absolutely phenomenal um, effort to, uh, to to pick. Both of those with some with some online bookmakers that would have been over their maximum payout. So the fact that he did it with Bet three six five that's got a million pound payout, it's all good. And yeah. this is the point, isn't it? You know, you, all of these details. But yeah, what a phenomenal effort that was! Mm, Absolutely brilliant. So yeah, if uh, you want to come and have a look cool. at the uh, screenshots, then uh, pop along to the yeah. uh, pop along to the group and uh, sit there salivating like everyone else. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Uh, we also place this podcast on the YouTube channel. The, this podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify and a myriad of different pod channels. Can you please subscribe and follow the podcast and please take time to rate and review us on iTunes and naturally I will read them out at the start of next week's show. When I actually checked the other week, we've got a five-star rating poll. We've had 20 reviews since we started this, so not too Brilliant. bad at all. Yeah, no, all, all much appreciated as well. Now, we've got a review here to read. As I always say, if you leave us a review, I will read it. Um, the, the title is Woogly Boogly Woogly Boogly. <laughs> He's given us two stars. Right. It's, this is from B. Tills uh, from the United States of America. I actually love this podcast. In order to see if you actually read out your reviews at the start of each show, I wanted to do a test experiment to validate. If you read this and say, woogly, boogly, woogly, boogly, well, I've done that twice. Tea and crumpets, tea and crumpets, I'll change my two-star review to five. 
Do I need to say any more? Thank you for that, B Tills. Much appreciated. Five stars. Get it changed. That would be fantastic. Reviews, just give them to us and we will read. We've got nothing to hide here. Give us good, give us bad. But uh, in the main, we tend to get some decent reviews mm. and uh, the podcast download numbers continue to increase. As they will as we build towards the Masters. I counted it up. Five weeks, I believe. Yeah, yeah, not long now. the Masters. Not long now at all. And of course, we've got our Masters, or our Majors competition, which is uh, up and running. We've got uh, well over 100 entries so far. Uh, mentioned it last week on the pod, and uh, we'll mention it again. Again, we'll put a link through to the uh, to the entry details. But basically, give us four different names for one one for each of the four majors, and you will be in with a chance of winning two hundred and fifty pound in prizes. So one hundred and fifty to the winner, seventy five to the second, and twenty five pounds or currency equivalent to third place. Um, so yes, very simple. Give us a name for the Masters, give us a different name for the PGA, give us a different name for the US Open, give us a final different name for the Open Championship. We'll tot up how much they earn in prize money for those four majors. And the person with the biggest yielding total from their four players will win the top prize. Very straightforward. We had an entry last week on our uh, YouTube comments. And as I had to say to the gentleman concerned, thanks for the entry, but they have to be via email, Twitter, or via our golf betting system yeah. Facebook. Group, we need to, we need to be able to contact people back directly yes. if they win. So uh, so yes, please do it. Yeah, imagine the channel. scene: you win the competition, and we can't get hold of you. That's mm. effectively what we're saying. Yeah. So um, yeah, YouTube e- uh, not YouTube. Sorry, I'll start again. Facebook email or via our t- uh, Twitter handles. Right. Should we start with the uh, well? Let's start with last week. Mm. Kurt Kitayama. Yeah. He's, turned, he's turned into a bit of a winning machine, this, this yeah. young American, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And I guess the correlation... And he's still a big like, price this week. Yes, yeah, it's, it's 50s. I think he's opened at 60s, didn't he? Um, he? He won in Mauritius, didn't he? Which is another coastal track with a bit of wind in play. Um, Paspelum Greens, yeah. Paspelum Greens. There was so, some, yeah, some correlation right. there. Um you know, and we talked about Mauritius as being one of the pointers last week, but his incoming form was poor. You know, he'd won that event and it seemingly dropped right off the radar and was available at 250 to 1 before the event. If you dug into it, there was the odd flash of form in between times, even though he was missing the cut most weeks. He'd, um, he'd produced one round of 64, I think it was. Um, I'm thinking it was either the Vic Open or the... the uh, Super six, one of those two, um, but again, didn't didn't progress through the tournament. So, you know, you could grab onto a little bit of, you know, that that little bit of form that he showed, and, and potentially take a chance on him at mad price, given the correlation of the two form, uh, two two courses. But, um, but no, I, I was I wasn't anywhere near him. My players generally got got blown. Uh, blown off course with the sandstorm that came along. My best chance was Alex Levy, who was sitting at four under after after the first day in fourth spot, and then he pulled out with a with a back issue of some description. It's probably the uh, probably the weight of my money dislodged a vertebra or something like that. And he's uh, yeah. and uh, that was the end of that. So uh, so yeah, damp squib from me. Um, unfortunately, I know you got a little bit closer in yours, didn't you? Um, yeah, my summary, never back Kiradish Afibanra. 
So he's on the yeah. never back list. But saying that, I always say that about Siwoo Kim. Mm. Look at this week. Um, Afi Barnrout will probably go well this week because clearly I backed him last week. He missed the cut. Uh, I think he's got a couple of sick places at Bay Hill. So um, expect that to happen. Uh, so listeners, back Afi Barnrout. He's a very good price this week. For a player that's in the top 35 in the world, I believe. Let me. In fact, I should actually just... 125 to 1, I'm seeing, hanging from our friends at Unibet. Another outstanding price from Unibet, Paul. Mm. Um, they're very good at doing that. They, actually, do, they do take a view, Unibet, and that's that's good. It's not not this cut-and-paste malarkey that's going on with a lot of the bookies. They do actually have a, a view and an opinion. And you, no, you I've highlighted them on the prices. golf betting show this week for the Arnold Palmer because mm. I've just listed. They've got just a huge list of players here that they're top price or equal top price on. Right. They do take a view. I mean, if you're a Hao Tong Lee follower this week, 80 to 1 best price, um, they do take a view, um, Unibet. I think they're they're becoming a uh, a bookmaker to actually have active if you're a golf oh, hunter. I think, yeah. I think you need to have them as part of the portfolio of accounts that you're, that you're using, so you've got the option, yeah. Hmm. Exactly. Um, on top of that... Um, so Afi Barnrat, no. Not, uh, Daniel Berger, I don't know why I ever tip him. He's um, he's just always flat as to deceive. Uh, who else did? I can't even remember the other one. He didn't do a lot. Um, but Sergio, yes, he was second for strokes gained tee to green all week. Yeah. Uh, he was second or third for approach. So actually, for a long-term bet, that 75 to 1 I took last week on the exchange room for the Masters... That still looks in decent shape because his game is getting to kind of Sergio levels. Mm. Uh, and I think he was like uh, 64th out of 70 for putting. So, yeah. that Effectively, his numbers were pretty much in line with Keith Mitchell's. In yeah. fact, they were probably better than Keith Mitchell's, but Keith could putt a little bit. He got himself into a decent spot, didn't he? He kind of fried. Oh, six and, under. Yeah. Oh, don't. He was six under on uh, Friday, wasn't he? Yeah. And then I went and got, I picked the boy up from nursery, come back, three under, level, mm. eight, finished. And I'm like, what? That just absolutely ruined my Friday night. <laughs> my missus walked in. I said, I cannot believe that Sergio Garcia. She's looking at me. Oh, he's on another one of his golfing <laughs> rants. Yeah, Keith Mitchell was number one for strokes gained T to green. Uh, Sergio Garcia was number two. But where... Where Keith was 38th for putting, Sergio was 62nd. Yeah, and you're not going to win a tournament putting at 60 second, 62 out of 70 odd players and over the weekend. And all, yeah, the real deal with Keith was he was scrambling like Billy Goat, wasn't yeah, he? He, yeah. Was, he was sixth for strokes gained around the green. So yeah. even though he was 27th for GIR and he was 50th for proximity to hold, he wasn't hitting it close. Whenever he got in trouble, he was managing to get out of it. I mean, he was eight. Sat in the bunker eight times, and he's six six sand saves, mm. and that's what you can do at that kind of tournament. Isn't it? When the wind, it wasn't even blow. Those greens were so fast. I didn't realise before last week's show and the review, preview that they'd actually uh, placed eighteen brand new green surfaces down there. Yeah, they were firm, aren't they? So as we said, yeah, it, it, it had rained and the, the, the fairways were nice and soft and receptive. And you think, well, actually, scoring might be a little bit lower this year because the greens will accept, you know, incoming. But they weren't, were they? And then on, I think when they knew that the wind was coming Sunday, they'd clearly been out of a hose because they were a bit softer mm. on the Sunday. Yeah. Hence Palmer shooting his 63. 
Yes. And it looked for he a long said, time. He like said he... in his interview, well, I arrived at the course. I saw that they'd watered the greens. I knew that there was going to be two and a half hours of no wind, and I just went for it. Yeah. And sure enough, he was he was he was tied for the lead, wasn't he? When he yeah. walked off the golf yeah. course, yeah, and uh, he, he parred the final final hold as well. You know, had he made birdie there, set eight under as a target, you know, it could yeah. have been a different story. He said nine. He said if he 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 said if he shot uh, sixty one, he knew he'd win the tournament. That yeah. was his mental frame of mind. Mm. But yeah, it's a good tournament. I enjoy those. I know a lot of people say they're boring. I, I find those. I find that kind of tournament far more interesting than a twenty five under. Birdie fest. Oh yeah, and you know, fair play to Mitchell as well. You know, after Bur- and bogeying the first two holes on Sunday to kind of mentally relax, I guess he'd kind of taken himself out of it mentally at that point, and to, to make the birdies coming home, particularly the one on the last where what was it fifteen feet or so, wasn't it, to uh, to win the tournament? Yeah. And, uh, if you look at that Honda Classic, uh, go back to last year, you had Justin Thomas and uh, Luke List. Mm. Uh, year before that, Ricky Fowler won it. You really need that golf course opens itself up to a power hitter, uh, a ball striker who's got short game. Yeah. And one thing you can say about Keith Mitchell, from what we knew about him, absolutely atrocious on any kind of greens apart from Bermuda, and he yeah. admits that himself. Yeah, I saw a quote from him. Yeah. Uh, so I tipped him up at Torrey Pines because you know that he's a blaster, takes par fives apart, and then he missed the cut because he said he's uh, you know clearly he just can't putt on Poana, but. That first trip back home to Bermuda grass, all of a sudden he feels comfortable, doesn't he? Mm. And um, he showed real bottle to win that. He did, yeah. With Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler just sitting there lurking, a shot behind. Oh yeah, and you know, given it, if it had gone and to he a playoff, the last. yeah, if it had gone to a playoff yeah. out of the three, you know, he'd have been the long, um, you know, outsider of the three, and uh, you wouldn't have fancied him to take the title. But um, but fair play to him. Yeah, that tournament has a history, doesn't it? Either elite players win, and but this year one just snuck up and, and took it away from the elites. So mm. he goes into the kind of Michael Thompson, three hundred to one, shot, file. Yeah, I think Mitchell's better than that, though. I think I think Mitchell, you might see him hanging around in the sort of world top hundred when he's established himself because he's got plenty of game. Just yeah, can't putt. yeah, he, he's one of those players that kept popping up in the first round last season, didn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a first round leader punt, and when it got to the weekend and particularly got to Sunday, you know, he disappeared without a trace, and you kind of thought that was going to happen again after making a couple of early bogeys, but um, clearly he's grown some fortitude over the. Uh, over the last year or so, and uh, how often do you see that in final rounds with inexperienced guys? They 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 either, they either fall off a cliff or they shoot a couple of bogeys early doors, and then all of a sudden they're mentally not going to win, yeah. and they start playing like they have done for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, can just 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 relax, can't you? Play your golf. They, these these guys are all very 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 capable, as we know. And it's, it's often just that final bit of. You know, what's between the ears that makes a difference? I, I won't remember this, Paul, so I'm going to have to make a note. In fact, I'm going to make it right now on a post-it note that's sitting next to my microphone. Mm. Key track for PGA National? Right. Houston. Don't ask me why, but whenever I look at it, the Houston Open, players that win at Honda always play well at the Houston Open. And you, I'm just looking. Keith Mitchell, sixth, sixth there last year. Mm. So there's something about those two courses. Because uh, Poulter 
uh, won that last year, didn't he, from Bo Hosler. But yeah, Grio was third. And Grio put in another storming performance. Uh, but yes, Keith Mitchell was sixth there last year. Must and Russell, Hen- Russell, Hen- and yeah, Russell Henley's won at Houston, isn't it? He's won at PJ National. He was eighth last year. So it, it does stack up. There must be so. I think there's plenty of water at Houston. It must be more to do um, with the sight lines because it's, um, it's mm. uh, bent grass greens, isn't it, from memory? Yeah, yeah, they're a mix of everything. There is Bermuda in them, but they've got this velvet bent grass on the top. So, yeah, yeah it isn't so much the putting surface. Yeah. But, yeah, there's got to be sight lines or, you know, water involved or whatever. Mm. Um, I just remember Matt Kuchar banging it in the water, didn't he, on the, on the 18th there one year, and he, that's when he started going, was it? He used to say when he, oh, golly, or oh, oh... <laughs> <laughs> it, it was probably he, <laughs> it was probably carrying as he, my as money, he that g- gave the win to as he gave the win to um, Matt Jones of all people. Yeah, Matt Jones, eh? Wow. If Matt Jones played as well as his statistics, he'd be a six-time major champion. Matt Jones. Oh, there's a few like that. What about Grillo? Yeah, <laughs> there's lot. There's lots like that. Emiliano <laughs> Grillo. He's a, he's another one, isn't he? He, he should be a, he should already have five majors in the uh, in the old uh, bank account. Yeah. He's a stati- statistical backers nightmare, isn't he? You could even you could even throw Tony Fee now in there, but we're we're aggravating all of our listeners here, Paul. <laughs> we shouldn't we shouldn't be going down this route, right? I think what we're suggesting are that there are always going to be players whose statistics are fantastic every single week, but yeah. don't tend to do a lot. Well, don't yeah, they just, they just don't pay you out in terms of each way or, or wins when uh, no at the when price the heat- that's on offer. Yeah, when the heat's in the kitchen, they tend to go backwards. Right, um, Arnold, um, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Shall we crack on? Um, that's the headline tournament this week. Um, uh, an interesting tournament. Um, it's become slightly less interesting with Tiger Woods's withdrawal. He was he was priced up yesterday. William Hill were again, Paul, first to market yesterday. Yeah, I know the tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. So there's clearly been a decision made at William Hill Towers up in Leeds that um, we will get our markets up as early as we can. So well played to them, because mm. this is happening week in, week out. Where Bet365 used to be the leader in terms of getting their markets out, it te- seems to be but, um, but, um, William Hill at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they were up. They they chalked up, and Dave Kellner tweeted this. Dave, Dave Kellner, who does that uh, d- uh, good podcast with uh, Dave Tindall every week, which is well worth a listen, guys. Um, he he tweeted out Tiger Woods sixteen to one. It won't last, and literally within five minutes, that was twelve to one. And then he was as short as nines and tens uh, yeah. when we went to press last night. It, and then, in, and then all of a sudden, I checked my Twitter. And uh, just I'm about to tuck into my well-earned kebab. <laughs> kebab. <laughs> Sounds really healthy, doesn't it? Well, it's not really healthy. Anyway. Um, withdrawal. Bad neck. And then yeah. you think, well, all the, the market's going to move completely now, isn't it? Yeah, just to see a blue on all of the players, either side of him, as you'd expect. So, yeah, yeah, this is it. I'll read through best prices. We're recording this uh, 9.20 UK time uh, on Tuesday morning. Rory McIlroy, 7-1. to one. Uh, The only thing I will say to Rory McIlroy backers, he has never defended a title in his life. Now, clearly that can change. Clearly he's playing some very good golf. But that would put me off at 6-1 to one that I'm seeing with Coral at the moment. 
Uh, then we've got Justin Rose, who clearly loves the golf course. We've got Brooks Keck, who's in good nick. Yeah, but you're looking at uh, twelve best price for uh, twelve uh, best price for both of those now with Ladbrokes. Ricky Fowler at twelve to one. Jason Day at fourteen. So all of those guys have been sucked um, south in terms of mm. price. Uh, then Deshambo at 18s, although mainly 16s from what I'm seeing. And then we're out to the likes of Can't Put on Bermuda, Hideki Matsuama, uh, Leishman, who's one round here. Francesco Molinari is an interesting player, I thought, because he's got a decent record at Bay Hill. He isn't that kind of bomber that you want, but w- if anyone's going to sneak out of the woodwork this week, Francesco, who's very lightly raced, isn't he? Could he be is. A, He'd been really, str- been really struggling with um, with flu. Yeah, I think he had a proper bout of flu a couple of weeks ago, so it okay. really, really knocked it out of him. So, um, I, it, you I know, he played reasonably at the Mexico for the first yeah, time in seven or eight yeah, weeks. Yeah, he did mean, okay, didn't he? That was that was the first event back. He was due to come back the week before, I think, and, and couldn't make it because he was he was so poorly, but. You know, as he picks up his uh, form and gets back to full fitness, you know, he should be back to full fitness. But these flu bugs, some of them, if they're really bad, can knock a, knock it right out of you, can't they? So, interesting to see how he goes. Fleetwood at 33s. They don't tend to lengthen Tommy's price, do they, no. Jesus? Because he's so popular, you know, they, you, you, he gets just backed every single way. I still think there's something not quite right with Tommy, with the new clubs and whatever. Mm. Reed, Glover, Horschel, Poulter. Poulter's playing some great golf this season. Stenson, who isn't. Louis Oosthausen. So it's a quality field. I haven't even mentioned Bubba Watson. Down ensconced at 55 to 1. Best price with bet 365. So yeah, it's a good price. A good, very good field. We've clearly got the Players' Championship next week, which is going to be an amazing field. And then after that, we've got the Valspar Championship, which is a weaker field. Uh, I expect Jordan Spieth will be backed to Kingdom Come on that one because he he does go well round Copperhead, mm. and then we're on to uh, what are we on to then we're on to the Dell Match Play, the Shell uh, with Dell Match Play. We then got the Valero Texas Open, I believe, and then we've got Augusta. Yeah, soon so comes around. Yeah, Bay Hill. What do we need to know? Well, it's actually been extended this year. It wasn't long enough, so they've added another few yards. So it's now 7,454 yards long, and it's a par 72, played at sea level. It's a long old golf course. Uh, They've added distance now to the um, par 5 fourth hole, which is now 590 yards. Three of the par 5s are approaching 600 yards. Mm. Yeah, trying to make it more of a challenge aren't they having widened the fairways a bit recently so it's it's, it's a reasonably lengthy course not not overly long guess but um, still challenging I think it's lengthy isn't it it's it's challenging enough I mean the par 5 is 590 now the 4th the 6th is 555 but that's the one that's kind of on a U bet you look at it it's a total U isn't it yeah so the first shot is over water. The second shot's over water, unless you block it right into the bunkers. Mm. Uh, yeah, that that's an interesting par five. The twelfth is five seven four, uh, and the sixteenth. That's the one is a must birdie, uh, and there's lots of eagles available. The sixteenth. That's just five eleven. But actually, I think what you said there is very um, 
apt here. They've widened the fairway, so even the most inaccurate drivers can hit 60% of fairways, which does actually open it up to a hell of a lot of people in the field. Yeah. What you get here, though, are some of the toughest par threes on the tour. I mean, the, the par threes, I'll read them out to you. 231 yards, uh, 200 yards, 215, 221. So there's no easy par, par three at all. And the par fives, a lot of these plus 450-yard par fives, yeah. or par fours, rather. Yeah, you need to be striking your irons well, don't you? Yeah, there isn't a drivable par four on the golf course. And when you look at the scoring around here, it tends to be it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a, it's yeah if they if they turned their hand to it and they wanted to hold a major championship in Florida, this would be one of the courses that they could turn to because you could turn this into an absolute beast. Uh, it's long, it's challenging, it often has wind, um, it's got plenty of different shaped holes. It, I always call it a classifier. It's a classical design. I know it's. Um, a 61 golf course 1961 originally but it really does um, it suits players that have got the all-round game and clearly when you've got Tiger Woods winning round here eight years uh, eight victories it, it kind of suggests that a bit of length off the tee is very helpful as well mm. winning scores here McElroy was 18 under last year he won by three from Bryson DeChambeau Mark Leishman won a particularly windy and dry golf course event at 11 under. Jason Day won at 17 under. Uh, Matt Every won on a soaking wet golf course at 19 under. Um, there was some rain in Orlando yesterday, I believe. Uh, but the rest of the week is going to be as dry as you like um, and temperatures up. 25, 27, 28 degrees. So I think the course is just going to firm and firm and firm and firm. So I, I think probably 15, 16 under. A good mid-score challenging test for this. Ten to, it's 10 to what you get on these um, yeah. these good courses. The, the PGA Tour likes a 15, 16 under winning it. They don't. I don't think the organisers want it to be one at 25 under and it won't be. So I think it's going to be a relatively stern test. If you're sh if you're shooting straight sixty eights, you're going to be there or thereabouts. Key statistics: What you tend to get with these tougher golf courses and these classical courses are that any kind of sh any kind of game shape can win from a a typical GIR ball striker through to a guy that um, can be like. 45th for greens in regulation but putts and scrambles like Billy Goat so you know like a, a Jason Day kind of player yeah um, the one statistic that jumps out I mean this is all available in my preview uh, if you're looking at it from a strokes gain putting uh, um, a strokes gain perspective strokes gained off the tee these are the averages of the last three winners strokes gained off the tee 25th strokes gained approach 16th which is quite low for the strokes gain approach. Strokes gain around the green, 29th. Strokes gain T to green, 9th. That's quite low. I mean, that Honda Classic last week, when we were looking at uh, the key strokes gain statistics for the winners, strokes gained um, T to green was 5th. Yeah. Now, yeah. this week it's ninth. Stroke gain putting last week, yeah, 
in terms of that skill set, was 18th. So across the last three winners, um, strokes gained putting was the eighth, was averaged out at 18th. And this year, Keith Mitchell was 38th for strokes gained putting at Honda. So that's even going to get bigger. But here at Bay Hill, strokes gained putting, last three winners, averages out at third. Yeah. So you have got to have a red hot putter. You need to have your putting shoes on, definitely. So Sergio Garcia this week, if he'd have played? Mm-mm. Mm. Saying that. I wouldn't have backed him, and he'd probably uh, putted, uh, putted the lights out at 1.6. It does kind of put you off with Rory a little bit, doesn't it? Because you know, Rory's great strength is from tee to green, and you know, he occasionally pops up with these weeks where you know he nails everything inside 10 feet, but they're, they're the exception rather than the rule, aren't they? And I think last year's win for Rory was incredible on the basis that he won with the strokes game putting number of first. Yeah, exactly. Now, exactly. When do you ever see that? And you know, with his with his long game, when he puts like that, he's going to win the golf tournament. He's you know, someone's going to have to play an outstanding game to even get close to him when he's like that. But uh, yeah, no one really did. I think the only one that really got within touching distance, and that it was fairly interesting on the back nine last year. But the only one that really put him under any pre- pri- uh, pressure was Bryson. Because mm. he, when he plays like that, he's untouchable, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen we've seen it a number of times during his career, and. Yeah, you combine that ball striking with a, a strong week on the greens, and you know, bingo. But can you? When are you going to second guess that he's going to come up with that that one point? You know, low but one point sixes in terms of putting average for a week. Is it? We shall see. I tracked his numbers from last year. Um, he missed the cut the week before at Copperhead, and that's mm. why he was twenty to one to win this. Twenty first for strokes gained tee to green. He was tenth for strokes gained off the tee, and he was like minus. I don't know. He was like in last place for strokes gained putting. But there's one thing that you can see with um, um, he'd actually putted reasonably well at the Honda Classic uh, two weeks prior. He was seventeenth for strokes gained putting on their Tiff Eagle greens, and uh, Mark Leishman was twenty seventh at the Honda the week before. He was ninth for strokes gained putting. And Jason Day, when he won in 2016, had played the World Golf Championship at Doral when it was hosted there. He was sixth for strokes game putting on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass. And that kind of throws up a problem because this always used to be the last event on the Florida Swing. Mm. But this year, it's now the second event on the, on the Florida Swing. So only players, of course, that played at PGA National last week have got upfront experience of Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens in Florida. Yeah. I'll just take you through the top 10 in strokes game putting from last week. Billy Horshaw was one. He's putting lights out at the moment, Billy Horshaw. That's big for Billy, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's not the first time either. That follows on from another great strokes game putting performance. So he's putting really well. So he's gone completely the other way. He's putting brilliantly, but his teeth degree game's fallen apart, which is usually his strength. <laughs> Michael Thompson at three. We all know about Michael Thompson. He's playing some outstanding golf. Yeah. But I think the world and his wife were on him last week and he went backwards in the final round. Yeah, it was too obvious, wasn't he? But he's, he, he, was, he was within a few shots of, a, of something big, wasn't he? Your mate Brian Gay at four, as ever. Mm. Six, Johnny Vegas. There's worst, there's worst bets this week. Seven, Charles Schwarzel. Then we're out to the likes of Sloan Berger. And... One that I know is popular this week and will be popular, our friend Lucas Glover. He was 14th for strokes game putting last week. Yeah. 
Um, I could see Glover going very well, but when I saw 50 to 1 chalked up, I just I, I can't get involved with Lucas Glover at 50 to 1. Um, if we're talking strokes game, putting and Tiff Eagle Greens, we can go back to Kapalua as well, um, which was the first event of the year. That's played on Tiff Eagle. I'll take you through the top 10 of putting that week, players that are playing. One was Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, four was Cameron Champ. Uh, eight was Mark Leishman. And nine was Jason Day. So those are guys that have putted positively on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens so mm. far in 2019. So I don't know. I, 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 I can't get too hung up on that. I can't get too hung up on having to back someone that putted well last week at the Honda. So no, it's just one week in isolation is a bit of a... It is. Uh, if this was the last tournament of the four in the Florida Swing, I would be looking for someone at some point that had putted well at one of the events. Mm. I mean, I tipped up Justin Rose last year. He'd been third or fifth at strokes game putting the week before at Copperhead, and he, he was third in this. So it, it kind of stacks up. Yeah. Uh, just out of interest, if you're looking at the shorties this week, Ricky Fowler was 18th for strokes game putting last week. And Brooks Kepka was 20th. Right. Um, I suppose we should get on. What am I looking for then? I'm looking for players. This is the other thing, Paul, that I find difficult about this week. Incoming form of winners. Rory McIlroy. Missed cut, Copperhead. 59th Honda. 20th Riviera. It's not exactly stunning stuff, is it? No. And this time last year, everyone was talking about his game was in a mess. What was going on with Rory McIlroy? And mm. typically, 20 to 1, no one was on him in terms of DraftKings. Uh, you know, if you were going to go for a switch hit, he would have been the perfect man last week, last year for DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, he comes up and just wins. Year before that, Mark Leishman, 27th at, at uh, the Honda. Miscut Riviera, 24th Scottsdale. So not disastrous, but not exactly lights out. He was 100-1 to 1 when he won this. Jason Day, even Jason Day, 23rd at Doral, 11th Pebble, miscut Torrey Pines. Mm. So it's not slapping you in the forehead saying Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka was second last week, they're going to walk this. No, no, no. It's not, uh, it doesn't it's not, seem not in your to happen that four, way. Is it? And yes, you have got the likes of Tiger Woods who's come here off a win and won. Yeah, that's Tiger Woods. Uh, you've got Ernie Els that came here off, off of winning in 2010 at Doral, the WGC, and won this. So it can happen, does happen, but it hasn't happened recently. And when you look at Matt Every miscut, Jason Day 23rd, Mark Leishman 27th, and Rory McIlroy miscut in terms of their preceding tournament, it doesn't shout to me... You want to be chasing the top boys at the very, very top of the market. Matt Every, when he won the second time, was in awful form, wasn't he? It wasn't just a single miscut from memory. It was it was a string of miscuts. Now I know for a fact you're going to you're going to back Matt Every in first round leader this week. Well, yes, once the, the if Mark, he's on a good side of the draw, yeah, yeah? It's, it's one of those bets that's late on a Tuesday night. Once um, once we've seen the draw and the first round leader market is fully formed, there's only five or six bookies up at the moment with a with a market but but yes I'm hoping for 100 to 1 or close to for every first round leader and we'll see how the draw pans out um, in terms of where he gets drawn and I know from what you've said that the morning wave might have particularly cold weather uh, to contend with which uh, which may sway things very slightly in the uh, 
I'm looking it up, Paul. Keep talking. Yeah, I'm looking the, it up. In the advantage of the afternoon stars, I guess with a with a longer track, um, you know, seven four seven thousand four hundred and fifty yards isn't a short by any stretch, is it? Here you go. You're going to like this, listeners. Listen, that's an oxymoron. Seven o'clock Thursday morning. It's going to be eight degrees mm. Celsius, and there's going to be like twelve and twelve mile an hour winds. Right. By one o'clock, it's up to 20 degrees Celsius and the wind's actually dropped away. So this it shouts to me, actually, if you're looking in terms of draw, uh, to me, I think PMAM is the draw to be on. Yeah. And that that forecast hasn't overly changed from what I saw yesterday morning. No. So if you're seeing Matt every in the afternoon wave, I'd be very, very interested. Yeah, yeah. It'll be um, kind of eight o'clock. UK time tonight, I guess, when we'll see the um, see the see the field in terms of their tea times. So, so yeah, in terms keep of close eye on that. Stenson last year was a PM starter, shot eight under. Uh, Jason Day in twenty sixteen was a PM starter. He was six under, first round leader. Uh, Morgan Hoffman twenty fifteen PM mm. shot six under. It's all stacking up, isn't it? You yeah, watch, you watch, you'll get like a six fifty AM tea time now. So. Um, you Just won't be on him and he'll shoot nine under you. <laughs> Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, most likely. Most likely. But yes, I'll keep my eye on that later. But no, I haven't backed him yet. But yes, he's firmly on my first round leader radar this week. I backed every in Puerto Rico. He never really got close. Um, you look at him, he's still, in terms of overall, I know a lot of people on there, 125 to 1 yesterday. Oh, I've got to be on Matt Every. Um, he he's very consistent at the moment. He just doesn't seem to have the get up and go to get involved and stay involved. Now, mm. whether that changes on what clearly is his favourite golf course remains to be seen. But he's been backed in. He's hundred one across the board now, right? Which isn't a bad price. That's overall. Um, I'd be I'd be more tempted on the first round leader bet. It has to be said, especially as I was on him in Puerto Rico and he did nothing. Mm. So yeah. If he gets a good draw, I think I might join you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, I'll tw- we'll tweet something out to confirm that we're getting involved. We'll watch that with interest tonight when the draw. You're only going to get eighty to one though. Yeah, if he's if he's been chopped down to hundreds outright, then it's not going to be any more than eighty. Some, you know, you might get a ninety at Unibet or something like that. I guess who tend to have slightly differential first round leader prices. But I'm just looking at the moment. The, uh, this is worth pointing out to listeners: first round leader on the PGA Tour last few weeks, Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook have both gone seven places each way, mm. a fifty odds, where everyone else is stacking up at the old five and a quarter. Yeah. So there's a bit of value there if you're looking for a bigger price with Betfair or Paddy Power offering the seven places on first round leader. That's something potentially also to look at very closely when we're coming up to the Masters. So we'll keep an eye on that. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I must say I did struggle this week. Um, It's an event where I used to have a very select amount of statistics that seemed to come in year in, year out, and that that was totally destroyed recently. So I'm trying to select things more recently as well now with just a natural view on things, which is what I used to do when I used to actually get some very good results way back in like 2012 when I'm huge. I think I made like 250 points over the season. So I'm trying to become more um, just natural and uh, more organic with my selections. Um, 
I'll throw this one out there first. I got to, I, I, I had to back Siwoo Kim, point each way, 80 to 1 with Unibet. Mm. Sixth place each way, 50 odds. Um, he's a Bermuda monster. Um, he's playing some of the best golf of his career. Fourth at Pebble, third at Riviera. Um, I'm on board. He will miss the cut. He actually passed. So that well, that will he? just happen. Yeah, he'll miss the cut. He'll do a Kira Dish Abbey Bell. I, I know. I know he's on the. I couldn't get. I couldn't. I just thought his price was half good for a bloke that's playing so well. Yeah. Well, I noticed when I pulled the the stats together for this week that he did stick out from a putting perspective, and I know we've berated his putting, haven't we? For for a while, yeah, since, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Since last year, but uh, that clear- was a weakness, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, clearly. You know, we know he's a decent ball striker. He's fourteenth for par four scoring average. Brilliant. He's thirteenth for par five birdie and better conversion. Oh, outstanding. And he's fourth for strokes gained putting mm. across the whole PGA Tour season to date. You know, with numbers like that on a on a guy that's finished uh, both of his wins on Bermuda grass. Clearly, TPC Sawgrass, twenty seventeen Players Champion. Uh, that was on Tiff Eagle. It just, if, if you're seeing him finish fourth at Pebble Beach on Poana, yeah, you just think, well, he's a he's a bit of an auto bet. So um, he will miss the cut because I'm on him. He always does, but I I couldn't I couldn't resist. The one that I really do like this week. In fact, there's three I really like. In fact, it's four, but I just know that every time I tip up Siwoo Kim or any kind of Asian golfer, they miss the cut. Um, I know that you're involved with this individual. Um, mm. I'm involved, but I've gone a slightly different style. Um, I'm going top 10 bet, and this price is still hanging there. Uh, 18 to 1 with Unibet. And just to throw that into context, you know, this has turned into the Unibet edition. But um, I, will, I, I think what I might do, Paul, we'll have a chat about it, but I might put a link through in the description to the new customer offer with uh, Unibet. Because... Yeah, cool. It's a decent off. It's a it's a decent offer. It's up to forty pounds of uh, free bets and bonuses with Unibet on a bet twenty get forty, and we, and we, you and I have had this discussion now for about five months that they have got a lot better with their golf betting proposition. You won't get a loads of additional places, but what you do get are outstanding prices. Now mm. listen to this. I've tipped up this particular individual by the name of Danny Willett, eighteen to one top ten. Um, I look at the competitors this week. He is twelve to one and ten to one elsewhere, and they're eighteen to one. And they haven't even reduced the price since I put these tips out. Last no, week. and they haven't reduced it since uh, since Woods withdrew either, which um, a lot of other no. prices have taken a bit of a bit of a chop to them, particularly at the top of the market. Now. I think you got involved in each way action, didn't you? Yeah, I, I've I've gone with it as well. I, I did take him um, at two hundred to one, um, yeah. six places. Again, that was with Unibet. I've clearly taken a bit of a dim view of Danny's chances this week. Um, but yeah, outside of that, his best price is one fifty. So that again was an outstanding, uh, a standout price for for a player yeah. who's who's shown some form and clearly has the uh, ability to win at a very high level, given his. Uh, Given his Masters win, would you say it's a bit? Yeah, you know, he's priced up with Harris English. Do you, he's priced up with Brian Gay on this track. I, I don't see that. Well, you talk, I think you, he's better. I think he's better than Brian Gay around Bay Hill, don't you? Yeah, you're talking about Bermuda performances. Of course, he won at the Earth Course at the back end of last year. 
on the European tour in a decent field. You know, it wasn't dissimilar to to this in terms of quality. It was it was the kind of the creme de la creme in terms of the European tour plus a, How, plus a yeah. few of the other. You know, How long's the Earth course? Seven six seven five, I think it is from memory. So you know, that's, that's <laughs> longer than this. Uh, he's won at Augusta. Uh, he's won the Dubai Desert Classic. Mm. There's there's a few tournaments that that just constantly crop up here with the winners. Uh, Augusta's won clearly. Uh, we've also got St Andrews, McElroy third, Leishman second, Jason Day fourth, Tiger Woods two-time winner at St Andrews, Ernie Els second and third at St Andrews. So St Andrews is all over it like a rash. Um, and the Dubai Desert Classic is all over it like a rash. You know, you think Rory McIlroy, well, he's won at, he's run at the Emirates Golf Course twice, yeah? Yeah. Tiger Woods has won there twice. Henrik Stenson, who is an absolute Bay Hill phenomena, even though he's never won here, he's won at Emirates Golf Course. He's got a second and a third there. Justin Rose has finished second there. Tyrrell Hatton, who I was on a few years ago here, who finished in the top five, he's finished third twice at the Emirates Golf Course. Mm. And of course, he's he's a two-time Dunhill Lynx winner. Yeah, so that, that link between St Andrews, Dubai and here, it's pretty strong. And you just run it, you run through with Danny Willett. He's clearly won uh, a green jacket. He's won the Dubai Desert Classic in 2015. And in that St Andrews uh, Open Championship that Zach Johnson won, and I know you're looking at Zach Johnson, mm. Uh, Jason, uh, that 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 uh, playoff was made up of Louis Oosthuizen and Mark Leishman. Yeah. Uh, just out of that was Jordan Spieth and Jason Day by a shot, and just behind them was one Danny Willett. And he's also finished second and fifth at the Dunhill Links Championship. Yeah. So you throw all that in the mix. He was second for greens in regulation in Mexico, and he was also fourth for par five scoring at Riviera. Only Rory McIlroy and Bryson DeChambeau uh, in this field. Uh, let me just look this up. I don't want to quote Miss Truce. Justin Thomas was 11 under in par five scoring at Riviera. Bryson DeChambeau was 10 under. Uh, Rory McIlroy was eight under with Luke List, as was uh, Danny Willett. So he was clearly absolutely breaking the backs of the par fives mm. at Riviera. He yeah. was eight under across 12 looks at the par fives there. Played okay in Mexico, and this is it. He's got that kind of indifferent form that's not bad and it's not brilliant. It kind of fits with the progression. I'm wishing I'd have taken the each way play. I'm, I'm wishing <laughs> I, I've talked myself into the each way now. But yeah, 18 to 1, top 10. I just mm. thought that was a cracking bet. Cracking bet. I think that Willett could go very well here. And I think if he's in... I, I, I can't understand why he wouldn't be if he's serious about the PGA Tour. I think Copperhead in two weeks' time will be right up his alley. Because that's going to be pretty technical as it always is. Mm. Do you see Willett more as a technical grinder or do you see him as someone that actually scores freely when he's in great nick? Because actually his wins tend to be more mid to almost resort level scoring he, yeah he's I, I remember when he him and um, uh, Francesco Molinari were battling out the 
was it the Italian Open a couple of years ago, and I think both the pair of them were kind of twenty twenty two under. Yeah, clearly, yeah. he can um, he, he can clearly make a score, but I would still favour him on a, a kind of a ten twelve under type hmm. track. I think that that would be more where I'd expect him. You know, decent ball striking, you know, tenacity and ability to uh, to kind of ride out a tough a tough week would be more where he's likely to win. And that's probably, you know, it, it kind of epitomises a, a major champion, doesn't it? And a player who can perform well in better mm. fields. But if this is like a 14, 15 under, that's not too far away no. from, from a Danny Willow. No, 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 not with four par fives on the course. And when he's yeah. when he's playing well on the fives, as you said there, you know, he, he could make 10 of those 16 under par um, you know that score by by taking apart some of the par fives. So yeah, can see that. No, I like I like Danny this week. I think it's a, I think whichever way you decide to play him, I think there's uh, the scope for a, for a run. So if money. he's in the field in two weeks' time at Copperhead, just nudge me and say, "Don't forget Danny Willett." <laughs> yeah. And I'll go. Oh, I'll never back Danny Willett ever again. Yeah. <laughs> After he missed the cut of the Arnold Palm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick Reed's my next tip. One and a half points each way, 40 to 1. I've got eight places each way. I fifth the odds with Paddy Power. He's always I always think uh, Reed is a bit of value. And you know why? It's because his stats are never great. Mm. And I don't care what anyone says. GIR, strokes gained approach, strokes gained tee to green. They're built into bookmakers' um, um, algorithms, I think. And Patrick struggles in a lot of the ball striking categories because he isn't really the greatest of ball strikers, is he? No. But actually, 14th in Mexico, 22nd at Pebble, uh, 56th in Saudi, but he was out there for the dollars. 13th for Torrey, 13th at Wyalai. He's playing all right, uh, Patrick Reid. He's playing okay. And it was interesting. I'd, I hadn't really caught much wind of him until he shot that 68-64 in Mexico last time out. Mm. And he actually went out in the final round group with Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, who were like five shots clear, whatever. That kind of freaked him out, I think, that he was playing with two gods in terms of ball striking. He did very little in the final round. But the fact of the matter is, he's sixth for strokes game putting in the current PGA Tour skill statistics. Great. And I just love the way he plays on Tiff Eagle. Yeah, play Bermuda. Yeah, oh yeah. First at Doral, 2014. Seventh at PGA National, 2016. Now, Honda Classic and Patrick Reed, I'd never associate the two because he isn't a good enough and uh, ball striker. However, second, seventh and second at Copperhead, 2015, 16, 18. Third at Isleworth in the 2015 Hero Challenge and he was seventh here 12 months ago. So that's uh, he's also a two-time winner on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass. Durao, as mentioned, and also Kapalua, the Tournament of Champions in 2015. And, you know, we're talking about uh, a strong tracks. Clearly, he's won at Augusta. A second at Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow uh, sits nicely with the likes of McElroy, Jason Day, Tiger Woods. Uh, he's got a top ten at Muirfield Village. He's got a fourth at Firestone South. You think McElroy, Leishman and Day, they've all done very well. If not, uh, McElroy's a winner there. Leishman's finished third at Firestone. It's just a, there's a whole long list of very tough golf courses. And the other one, uh, I should have mentioned closer to the top of the show, you think TPC Boston here. Both Arnold Palmer designs. Mm. McElroy's won there twice. Mark Leishman was third there a couple of years ago. Should have won. 
Uh, that was the year JT one, and Leishman kind of balked it uh, when he was two or three shots clear. Jason Day's had a second and third at TPC Boston. Uh, Patrick Reed finished fourth, fifth, and sixth at TPC Boston in 15, 16, and 17. And if you're thinking European Tour, you're thinking golf swing, we talk about the Dubai Desert Classic. Well, I can't link Reed to that. He's never played it. But he's played the last few years at the DP World Tour Championship at the Earth Course, where, of course, Danny Willett won last year. Who was second? Patrick Reed. Who else has won around the Earth Course? Well, Rory McIlroy's won there twice, and Henrik Stenson, yeah. who's a Bay Hill expert, yeah, he's won there twice. There's certainly good correlation. Yeah. So, no, I don't think Patrick Reid will be popular this week. Um, I don't think there's going to be a sea of blue on uh, any kind of odds, um, um, checker type of facility. But he's that kind of sneaky player like Mark Leishman a couple of years ago who you think, oh, he ain't been doing much recently. And then all of a sudden he just pops up. I hope. And then my shortest price this week, of the you know the top six in the market, it was clearly the top seven, but Tiger's, um, he'll have some lady nursing him at home, no doubt, giving him some uh, some uh, therapy on that on that neck of his. But McElroy, Rose, Koepka, Fowler, Day and DeChambeau, I've gone for Bryson. Um, he's just a winning machine, isn't he, De- De- yeah, DeChambeau? It's been outstanding the last 12 months or so, hasn't it? The other thing about Bryson is um, there is something when you look at this that uh, Rory McIlroy last year on a par 72 format in Dubai had absolutely annihilated the par fives when he just lost out to Hao Tong Lee. Yeah. Uh, the year that Jason Day won it, he shot uh, nine under around the par fives at the AT&T Pebble. And if I'm looking at recent um, tournaments and I'm looking at par five scoring, uh, going back to the Genesis Open, as I said, Bryson DeChambeau was 10 under for the par fives and he came 15. Mm. And when he won the Dubai Desert Classic on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens in January, Hao Tong Lee was 12 under, Ernie Els was 13 under for the par fives. Number one for the week, Bryson DeChambeau, 14 under for the 16 looks at the par fives that week. Yes, big number. A couple of eagles in there, wasn't there? Do you you fancy Hao Tong Lee this week? Because wherever I look this season, and I'm looking at, you know, Dubai, I'm looking even at Mexico two weeks ago, he was, he and Aaron Wise, who I think might go well this week, um, they were nine under for the par fives in Mexico. Yeah. Wherever I look, Lee, he, it's, he's, he's, there's a good look. There's a good angle on how Tong Lee. Yeah, he's he, he certainly been playing well, hasn't he? Um, well, he's putting well as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even going back to the back end of last year, and he was it, you talk about the Daniel Links, and he finished fifth there. Yeah. Um, second in Turkey, that was a decent result in a decent field. Fifth in the uh, fifth at the Ned Bank at, at Sun City as well. Again, these are all strong efforts, aren't they? Even twelfth this year, Dubai at the Desert Classic again. Um, you know, he's, he's clearly a winner in the, at the Emirates, but uh, he's, he's, he didn't throw in a bad performance. Second in Saudi as well. You know, clearly that's a strong effort against uh, well the likes of Dustin Johnson, who who won that at the end. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, if, if someone wanted to back Hao Tong Lee this week at 66, a little bit 80s out there, I, I wouldn't put them off whatsoever. Mm. 80s would be the better price, clearly, yeah. Um, he's 66, isn't he? Was there a snidge of 80s about there yesterday that I missed? No, it's all 66s. I'm not seeing any. But, yeah, I think he's an interesting player this week, Hao Tong Lee. Mm. And Aaron Wise, if this turns into a, a birdie fest, don't forget he finished second at Quail Hollow last year. He's also in the top ten at Ridgewood. He has got a triple bogey in him. Yeah. But Aaron Wise played quite well in Mexico. I could see him snicking up. And at his price, I thought, was quite large for a player of his young talent on a very wide open golf course off the tee. Um, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul. I'm 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 looking at the first round leader market. That's why I can't find eighty to one. Oh, on how Tom? Yeah, when I looked earlier, there's a little bit on uh, again on Unibet. I think it was it taking a taking a view on it. I'm seeing how Tong Lee right now. Yeah, eighty to one with Unibet. See exactly outstanding price, and I'm seeing uh, if you were interested in Aaron Wise, I was surprised. He's a hundred and fifty to one with Coral right now. Mm. Um. He's as short as hundred to one elsewhere. I could see why it's popping up, but yeah, those are my four. So um, let's hope let's hope that we can get some boys in the mix this week. Yeah, no, I, I like those. I think there's, uh, I think you've got some scope for scope for a result there. Um, you touched on Zach Johnson. He's the other one that I've backed. Um, he's, I don't know, he's not been quite right, has he, Zach, for a while, no. but. You know, we know he's split from his caddy, uh, Damon Green, back in the last year. He's got uh, Brett Waldman on the bag now. He's an experienced caddy. He's been around with um, the likes of Ryan Moore and JB Holmes, uh, Camilo Vajegas, Charlie Hoffman he had a stint with as well. Um, he talked about the St Andrews form. Clearly, he touched on that a second ago, having won the won the Open Championship. Um, mm. oh, yeah. Rock he, solid. Yeah, he, I mean, I thought ninety to one, seven places, I'd take a chance on him. I mean, he's flashed a little bit of form. Sixty six in round one last week, and he was second after the first uh, first eighteen holes. Um, he sort of sixty four in the third round of the Desert Classic. Um, you know, the, the actual results on the face of it don't look great, but there's certainly some little snippets of form there. And you know, back on Bermuda. He's won four times on Bermuda over the course of, his, or course of his career. I think he'll feel very comfortable. Um, five top tens here at Bay Hill over the years. And if you look, 15 attempts. He's only missed a cut once. So, um, yeah. Oh, seven, he's done well here. 7,700 on DK uh, DraftKings for this week. Um, for a player who's only missed one out of 15 cuts, feels like a, a nice little um, player to include in some oh, of the who, as well. Who, who's he going to be priced up with in that kind of bracket? Um, in fact, Siwoo was a similar kind of price as well. Um, mm. Which um, yeah. yeah, but Siwoo is likely to miss the cut and will miss the cut because I've tipped him up, where Zach won't. <laughs> so um, this is it. I mean, there must be some players there. You think, well, Zach, you know, at that kind of price point, you you, you just want someone that's playing four solid rounds and making some birdies, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 7-7, seven, seven, you're looking at the likes of Michael Thompson, Cameron Champ, who you're not guaranteed to get four days out of Champ by any stretch. Uh, Benny Ann, Keith Mitchell seven five. Is Keith going to you know bounce straight straight back from last week's win and? Uh... Surely he's on his thirty eighth bottle of Bud Light, isn't he by now, <laughs> Keith Mitchell? It, it, 
it will go one or two ways with Keith, won't it? He'll either absolutely bomb, or he'll, he'll be one of these players that can keep uh, mm. he can keep his form going. We shall see. How Tom Lee is seven four. I mean, that's you know, if you fancy a bit of Lee, again, given the form he's in, he didn't miss the cut last year. Fifty fourth on debut. So yeah, there's. I think it, with with Woods coming out of the market with DraftKings, it's going to open up to a lot of different ways that you can play the. Uh, you can play your team this week. A lot of different ways. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go quite heavy in DraftKings this week with the uh, the big $100,000 competition that's out there. But yeah, I, I, in terms of outright, I've gone with Zach. Mm. And, uh, I think there's there's enough there to grab onto. And his driving accuracy at the Honda was great. He was second, I think, second or third. Just over 80%. And when he's driving well, um, you know that's the kind of the backbone of his game, isn't it? We know he can putt and chip. We talked about the uh, short game being important, and uh, on his favoured Bermuda greens, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll go well. But we shall see. We shall see. I I always put Zach and Kevin Kisner in the same kind of bracket. Very similar players. Mm. And don't forget, Kevin Kisner two years ago was in. Uh, he was in a kind of. It was him, Charlie Hoffman, and Mark Leishman fighting over the the win. Yeah. So, you know, it, it isn't necessarily the fact that you've got to be a huge bomber to be competitive around here. No, no, no. If you've got a game that's you're hitting some greens and you're scrambling and putting beautifully, which clearly is Zach Johnson's game, uh, you can be very competitive around here. I think, yeah, his greens and regulation hasn't been the best part of his game over the last few weeks and months, and I think that's the key. If he does find um, you know, some form with his irons, then he could go very close here. Um, if he if he's finding sixty percent of greens regulation, he won't. He, he'll he'll finish you know down the field. He'll probably make the cut and he'll probably you know be a positive DraftKings player in that respect. But um, he needs to hit a number of greens to uh, to really stand a chance of that outright. But I think yeah, ninety to one, I thought it'd be worth worth a stab. I think. Right then, Qatar Masters, the commercial bank Qatar Masters. Always used to be a very well respected tournament on the European tour, didn't it? Mm. Always used to it was never it was never the, the quality of field of an Abu Dhabi or a Dubai, but because they used to play this in between the two, you used to get some very high class performers here. Yeah, it did, yeah. It's because the scheduling's changed and we've gone from Oman now to Qatar after mm. after a little break in the Middle East, it's it suffered a wee bit, hasn't it, from the glory years, if you like. Yeah, it has. But it's still, it's still a good, decent, strong European Tour event. It's decent enough. I mean, I'd, I'd like it as a, a test because I think um, I like it from, as a, a betting heat because there's um, a few things that you can grab onto in terms of the the way the course sets up, which we'll go into in a second. But but yeah, it has suffered from its scheduling. It has to be said, and um, and an early attendee list that also included the likes of Joost uh, Lauter and Alex Levy, Paul Dunn. All three of those withdrew. Callum, Shrink, Callum Shinkwin withdrew as well. There's a few that would have been, um, you know, towards the top or mid of, mid of the market have dropped away, which um, has made it a little bit more of a, um, you know, a weaker looking market, particularly at the top. Um, so some of the prices that you're getting on players really aren't quite as strong as you would hope. But you know you can only you can only play with and uh, and bet with what you've got presented in front of you. And um, I still think there's scope to 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 make some some money out of this week. Going back to the market, then Thomas Peters heads it um, eleven to one generally. Um, Jordan Smith, who showed a little bit of form at the back end of last week, is second favourite twenty to one. 
Tom Lewis has been backed heavily into 22s from an open show of 28 to 1. Alexander Bjork, 28s, and then you've got the likes of Fabrizio Zanotti, who played really well last week, um, right up until death, 33s. Ross Fisher, if he could find the putter, he could be very, very dangerous, 33s. And the enigma that is Victor Dubuisson, 33 to 1 as well in place. Last seen heading for Nice Airport, he might not even turn up, Dubuisson. <laughs> you never you never can tell, can you? No, you can't, but he's... He's 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 showing some he's showing some form and you know he's a difficult one to call isn't he because at his very best he could he could win this by you know by by distance um, he he might be having a, a perno in Antibes Harbour for all we know at the moment you just don't know where the bloke is no he does seem a little bit more focused on his game which is is positive for him and. Um, you know, it takes a, a leap of faith. He's a good player. Yeah, clearly. It, it takes a player. leap of faith to back him because, you know, he can throw his toys out of the pram very quickly and very early in a tournament if his things aren't going his way. And, you know, an early withdrawal is is always on the cards. You know, again, I'm, I'm not sure I'd be one of, you know, building a DraftKings team around him because if he pulls out, he's, he's torpedoed everything you've got. But um, equally... He could he could win the golf tournament thirty three to one if you fancy taking a chance on Victor. Um, at the same price point, you've got Mike Lorenzo Vera, Jorge Campillo thirty three to one. There's you know there's a few in that kind of bracket before you get into the forties and fifties. But um, I guess that some of those players would have been you know quite a bit longer had the likes of uh, uh, Loughton and uh, Alex Levy been here, but sadly not. So we you know again we we deal with what we've got um, available to us. Uh, Qatar has played at Doha Golf Club. It's a Haradine design. 7,400-yard par 72. In the desert, um, Bermuda, Poa, uh, Greens. And historically, when it's been tranquil here, it's kind of lended itself more to the longer hitters. Um, it's the, the rough isn't particularly thick. You, you can escape from uh, off the fairway and you can attack the, attack the course. And... You know, when it's calm, 20 under or, or lower is, is quite feasible. Um, when it's windy, which it often is, it often lends itself to a windy tournament here, um, simply from the topography. Um, when it's windy, it plays far more linksy and it plays far more challenging. Um, and this is often a, a, a course, so this is often a, a result that you look at and you correlate when looking at players will go well in future linksy based events. You know, they're the ones the likes of the Open de France, which is often classed as an inland links. Clearly, the Open Championship when we get later in the year, so the likes of the the uh, KLM Open and to the to the Alfred Dunhill links. Um, this is often one you look back in, particularly if it's going to be a windy year. Um, and you know that kind of bears itself out. If you look back at the winners list over the last few years, uh, Robert Carlson 2010 66 to one, Thomas Bjorn two hundred to one back in twenty eleven. And Bjorn, yeah, and Bjorn had shown a little bit of form prior to that. He had a top ten in one of his previous two or three starts, so there was mm. there was something to grab onto there. So Carlson, Bjorn, Paul Laurie in twenty twelve. You know, there's there's a, there's a links link coming through already. Chris Wood, Sergio Garcia in fourteen, back to back wins from Brandon Grace in fifteen and sixteen. Before you get to Young and Wang, who won in seventeen on course debut, and then Eddie Pepperell seventy to one who uh, clearly did so well at the Open Championship last year. So when there's a bit of wind around, 
then I think you really can correlate. Even if the forecast isn't particularly for strong winds, if it's you know, 10, 15 miles an hour, it can still play havoc with this event and really make an impact. And, and this year, actually, is going to be one of the stronger windy years. Um, 20 to 25 miles an hour on Thursday, dips a bit on Friday, and then pretty solid 20 mile an hour on Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be quite a challenge for the players, I think. Um, even so, you still need to be hitting 75 to 80% of greens and regulation. You need to scramble well. You need to minimise bogeys. Um, and you need to do that by, by getting the ball up and down and, and putting well when, when you're on the green, either for birdie or for, for holding par. And go back to Pepper, we made four bogeys in a week. Wang made five. Grace made four and a double the year before. So you don't need a, a scorecard that's littered with bogeys and birdies. It needs to be more of a measured um, approach than that. Uh, the par three is the toughest part of the course, in my view. And if you look back at the, some of the form of the players who've done well here, um, going back to the last, um, all the way back to 2010, um, every player who'd finished, or every every winner here, had finished inside the top 10 in one of their previous seven starts. So all of them had a little bit of um, current form to grab onto. And only, and only Wang, actually, out of those same players, didn't have a top 20 already here at Doha before coming and winning. Clearly, it's, uh, it, that was on debut, but everyone else had um, some course form or some description to, to give you a little bit of hope that they could uh, they could perform around these parts. So I think there's, there's, there's some good elements to grab onto with this. The, the wind element, the, the desert element, clearly, um, the, the Bermuda greens, the, they are mixed with uh, Poa Trivialis here, but they're, they're still uh, Bermuda-based in principle. Um, you know, clearly the links the angle as well, given the winners that we've achieved here. So there's a few different angles to uh, to peruse. Um, the, the way I've gone, and these uh, my preview as yours did came out uh, back end of last evening. So yeah. uh, some of these prices have changed slightly. I backed Tom Lewis as my headline tip this week, um, and if you look back at Lewis's amateur career. He, he won the boys' amateur at Royal St. George's. Um, he won the Lynx Trophy at St. Andrews. He led the Open Championship as an amateur in 2011. Um, to, to really kind of give us an indication that Lynx golf is his forte. Um, he turned pro just after that Open Championship effort. Won the Portugal Masters on his third start. And we, I think at the time then, we all thought that we'd got something you know really special um, you know, to look forward to in, in Tom Lewis. And then he went right off the radar, lost his confidence, lost his game. Mm. Nothing happened. Um, all the way up until the back end of last year. And then we started to see a little bit of form. Sit for the Czech Masters. Um, he won the Bridgestone Challenge a couple of starts later on the Challenge Tour. And then pitched up at Portugal, where clearly he had the positive memories from his win before. And um, he won his second European Tour event. And he's just gone from strength to strength since. I mean, he hasn't won since, but we've, you know, I've, I've watched him a lot. He's put some cracking low rounds in. He's played some really good golf. And since then, he finished fifth at the British Masters behind Eddie Pepper, who clearly won here last year. Seventh at the DP World Tour Championship at the Earth Course on Bermuda Greens. Ninth in Abu Dhabi. Third at the Saudi International. So some good, strong fields and some good, strong results from those. And that's... That was by the water, wasn't it? Saudi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, and again, you know, you're looking at uh, the Earth Course Abu Dhabi on, on Bermuda Greens. You know, it, mm. all of these efforts have put him from obscurity to the brink of the top 50 OWGR. 
He yeah. was uh, fifth, fifth at Walton Heath, which clearly was won by Eddie Pepperell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the British Masters. Yeah. So it's you know there's there's good correlation there with um, with with Eddie Pep, and um, you know as I say, he's, he's on the brink of a top fifty now. If he gets another result or two, he's going to be um, into the into the Masters. He, he got a yeah. late he got a late call up to go to Mexico, I and mean, it was very late. So didn't really expect him to do a great deal there, and uh, and he didn't, but. I think the book is. I mean, for me, um, he's the, he's the second favourite in this field. Thomas Peters and Tom Lewis is the way I'd have priced this up. Um, uh, and he wasn't to to start with. He was third or fourth, maybe fifth in the field. Um, I I think that he's hitting greens. He's scoring well. He's got this links pedigree. Um, he hasn't got particular form here if you look at the track. But then if you go back to the years that he's played this, this was in this kind of fallow period for him when he was he, he just wasn't playing good golf. And even yeah. so, back in 2014, he opened with 68, 67. He sat sixth here at halfway when he yeah, was playing. That's, some... that's enough, isn't it? That shows you. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think I think there's it's a, there's enough there to suggest that he's he's gets on with the course well enough, and you combine that with the fact that he's playing far, far, far better golf nowadays than he was back then, and that's enough for me. I think uh, mm. I think he's well worth a punt. Um, He's now, as I say, he's been backed in by, by uh, backed into twenty-two to one. Um, I know I put him up. I know Ben Coley put him up as well, and um, I think uh, the uh, RFO put him up this morning. Chapman's put him up in the, in the paper as well. So he's been backed in heavily. So if you do fancy a bit of Lewis, I'd probably jump on him um, sooner rather than later because he's likely to just uh, turn into a sear blue. Particularly if uh, if Mr Palmer fancies a bit of uh, Lewis as well later this evening. Um. Second tip this week is Jorge Campillo, who played really well last week. Um, again, you know, he put himself in a position not not dissimilar to Ryan Palmer actually, where he posted a nice early score and. Um, yeah, he finished like a train, didn't he, Jorge? Yeah, he's sitting in yep. the, sitting in the clubhouse and just waiting for waiting for everything to unfold. And Kirk Kajama, um, yeah, he, he picked him by one in the end. But but even so, that was the fifth time that Jorge's um, finished runner-up on the European Tour. But I don't think... He's not, he's not one of these kind of players. He's, he's incapable of winning and he's always going to be the kind of the perennial bridesmaid. I think he's got more than enough game to actually go over the line. And... Um, if you look at the likes of, uh, he was third in the last in the Irish Open last year behind Russell Knox. You know that's that's another good indicator and a good decent, um, a good decent event that he can play, you know, can play golf at a decent level. I mean John Rahmer's behind him that week, so there's you know some good players there. Um, striking the ball well, he's, he was second for greens in regulation last week, just under under eighty percent, which. In a week where it was particularly tough in terms of the wind, that's that's pretty good going. Third for scrambling, second for putting last week. Metrics wow. were great. And the reason he didn't win was that he had an absolute nightmare on the fifth hole in the second round. If you remember the second round, it was absolutely howling. It was you know they had to stop during the day for the for the sandstorm that came. Was he in. out? He was on the course when it got to its worst. He was, there was, there was, there, people were saying that it went on for forty five minutes an hour too long. It was, was he was he out in that? Yeah, he, he, he was playing in some of the toughest conditions, and even so, I mean, even when they came back out the following day, it was no picnic. You know, he was mm. playing in some tough conditions, and he made a nine at the par five fifth. Um, you know, that's six over par for one hole. Mm. Um, he, he he missed the playoff by one shot. He would have, you know, everything else being equal, he could have won the tournament by five clear shots. You know, it doesn't work like that. I know, you know, you get to Sunday and. 
you know the pressures of Sunday are all different if you're in position to win but but even so you know it's, the rest of his game the rest of his week was really good 66-69 over the weekend was two shots better than anyone else um, and if you go back to last year this is really when he took um, his game came to life he, he had five top five finishes in the space of seven starts between February and May last year and so he clearly likes this you know in terms of biorhythms in terms of his game um, it seems to be uh, it seems to be his time of year He's played here six times in the past. Last time he teed it up, which was 2017, he finished 13th. Third for putting, second for putts per round. So clearly got a measure of the putting surfaces here. And again, it was only that odd round. He shot 69, 67, 75 on the Saturday and 66. And again, he, he shoots anything in the 60s on that Saturday. He wins the golf tournament. It's, um, I think he's very, very close, Campilio. Very close indeed. Mm. Um, that. Final couple of tips, players that I've backed. Andrew Pavan, um, again, is another player who impressed in, in the tough conditions last last week. Eighth for driving, actually fourth Grins regulation on the week. And he um, he's won four times on the Challenge Tour, but he finally broke through last year in the Czech Republic. If you remember, he's held off uh, Padraig Harrington um, down the stretch, which was particularly impressive for a player trying to win his first European Tour event when you've got a player like Harrington who's you know back back nine when he gets a sniff of a win historically he's been a very strong strong player to uh, to try and try and beat great in the wind and um, started the season pretty slow slowly miscutting Abu Dhabi miscutting Dubai thirty um, fourth in Saudi thirty first in Oman so nothing really outstanding but again he shot sixty nine on Sunday and um, or the final round in Oman which was the joint best of the week um. Lots to like, I think. Fifth at Dunhill Links, we led after 36 holes in 13th last year. He was fourth going into Sunday. Um, and, you know, he's got that win in the meantime. I think he's a, I think he's a better player now. I think he's a player that can uh, can move on. Um, and finally, I've gone for a bit of experience to finish my team with a Tong Chai JID at 150 to 1. Now, he was 150 to 1 last week and finished um, inside the top 20, which is a, you know, a pretty strong performance, I guess, for the guy. And um, his price hasn't shifted. It's stayed absolutely rock solid. And I thought that was well worth taking on, particularly with a tough, windy forecast. I think that plays right into the hands of more experienced players. I think it plays into the hands of a player like Jai D, who um, has a history. If you look at his, some of the recent world, some of the wins that he's had, Indonesian Open at 12 under, Ballantyne's Championship 4 under, mm -hmm. Wales Open 6 under, he won at uh, Le Golf National at 11 under, that was his last uh, his last win on the European Tour. So, you know, these aren't 25 under wins. No. They're, they're He's a grinder. Of, yeah, when the conditions are tricky and challenging, he, he can put a score together. And I think that comes with experience. I mean, the guy's 49 now. Um, and he hasn't won since that uh, that win at uh, the Open to France in 2016. But you know, I think that bit of experience that he's got here is going to going to help. We talked about some of the winners here, the likes of Robert Carlson, Thomas Bjorn, Paul Laurie. Um, you know, they've they've all won that with a lot of experience under their belt, shall we say? Um, Sixteen times he's played here since 20, 2002. Couple of top ten, seven top twenty five. So again, we're talking about a DraftKings player potentially. That's uh, that's another one you could potentially put into your into your team this week. But um, I fancy he'll go a little bit better than that. 150s. I went that with Ball Sports, who are paying eight places a fifth of the odds this week. 
and that was a standout price with him yesterday evening as well so that was well worth a look um, again he has been backed in a little since then so do check before you uh, place your bet if you fancy a bit of that but yeah I, there's lots of like 18th last week as I said um, top 16 for greens and regulation and putting fourth for putting in Dubai um, on the Bermuda greens there and again he was one of these players who finished with 69 last week which was joint best of the week so a bit of momentum coming into this week and I think there are far worse bets at that kind of price point, given the relative weakness at the field now um, at the top end of the market. So yeah, that's that's my four against the field in uh, in Qatar. Any that caught you? You always eye? like that. You always like a bit of Raphael Jacqueline when it's like a World War One, don't you? I, I like Jacqueline. Yeah, I know he's playing abysmally at the moment, but he's had a third and eighth round here. Yeah, yeah, seventeen yeah, appearances. Yeah. He says he's playing a business. Yeah, he has actually shown up on a, a leaderboard or two in recent weeks, and then kind of yeah. dropped away. I do prefer him when it's not a desert course. I do prefer him when it's a proper coastal course. Um, but yes, yeah. when it's tougher and it's windy, then Jacqueline is, is one to always keep an eye. on. When he produces that he is, top yeah. twenty, um, you know, if he, he, he comes around and shoots a, you know, a top twenty and puts in a decent putting performance, then. He goes bang in the notebook for a suitable course a little bit further down the further down the line. Any love for Alvaro? He has won here in the past, hasn't he? Well, I I remember that Sicilian win. Mm. You know, they played it on that coastal course in Sicily, and uh, he I think yeah he, he came in off like thirty eight missed cuts on the trot, and he beat Hao Tong Lee and um, one of the talented South Africans, didn't he? Going down, and that was blowing an absolute hooli that that week. Yeah, he's a, dif- he's a difficult one to call, isn't he? Oh, he is. He, you know, you never get any... Yeah. I've, I'm sure I've seen him on a couple of leaderboards recently. Oh, he, fin- yeah. he, he finished third at the uh, at the Emirates at the Dubai Desert Classic. Um, he's missed a cut every every time since. But um, Yeah, of course. But that's the way he rocks, isn't it? You know, if you want to back, if you want to back Alvaro Quiros blindly for the entire season, um, you know, these hundred and fifty price points or two hundred, or you know, some of the events which are stronger, he's even he's even longer price than that. Um, you know, I think you'll get you get a return for your money over the course of the season. Well, yeah, twenty seventeen, he won that Rocco Forte Open in May. That was his only top ten finish of the year. Yeah, last year. Uh, showed very little. I suppose he, he he finished 19th here last year, missed the cut at the Open de Spanier when I think everyone backed him. Yeah. Uh, he then finished second at the Trophy Hassan Der, and then late on, uh, that was his only top 10 last year, and then this year he starts off 65th in Abu Dhabi, and then he finishes third in Dubai Desert Classic. Yeah. And now missed cut, missed cut. So actually, based on the fact he's finished in the top 10, once for every year for the last three years, that would suggest he's already had his top ten. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he he just jumped off at me, hundred and twenty-five to one. Yeah, and you look through his three top, um, his top three wins for his career: Dubai World Championship twenty eleven, Qatar Masters two thousand and nine, Dubai Desert mm. Classic twenty eleven. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the guy can play desert golf. That's there's, there's no mm. question of that whatsoever. He's finished yeah. second here twice, um, 2010-2011. You know, he, he can play the course. But you back him, he could miss a cut. He could quite easily oh, finish virtually last. Yeah. Or, he, you know, he puts it all together for a week and, uh, and, and he all rewards you. Yeah, yeah, a big prize. That's the risk you take in this game, isn't it? Right, Paul, thank you for your time this morning. Yeah, pleasure as always. 
Uh, rate and review us if you can on iTunes. That'd be much appreciated. The golf betting shows, uh, one's already out there for the uh, Arnold Palmer. I'm about to just record the latest one for this Qatar Masters. Right then, we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Goodbye.